Central in the mobile Kintech studio. It's Dan Richo and Satyar Shah. Kintech footwear and orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Wrapping up day two of Canucks training camp. Still to come, uh, a litany of exclusive interviews with players and uh, one coach with the Vancouver Canucks as well. Sergey Gonchar is coming up a little bit later on in the program, as is Brock Besser, Aiden McDonough, Arshdeep Baines, Matt Irwin, and others. So a uh, lot still to get to here on Canucks Central, but it's Friday. You got the tweet out from at Satyar Shah earlier in the program. It's time for the mailbag here on Canucks Central. Couldn't do uh, a show in Victoria without a mailbag, could we? Oh, Got to do a Canucks Central training camp mailbag. People have a lot of questions when it comes to training camp on the Canucks. I would imagine so. Yeah. There was a lot. There was a lot to comb through. <laughs> was there Was there good ones? There were some good ones. Some could you guys. imagine? I was like, no, no good, good ones. <laughs> we can move on, no, guys. No, they were all bad. Yes, yeah, yeah. your game up. else. <laughs> You ask better questions. Let's go to overrated, underrated. <laughs> so you're not like Rick Talkett. You don't say great questions to everything. No. Let's start with a great question uh, from Ernest. Sat has always said that the team was not, quote, mm. serious and that they can't be trusted. So who is really to blame for the unserious training camp last year? And when can we start trusting this team? Ooh, great, great, great question. That's actually great a great question. question. Uh, who do we blame? I think the blame obviously has to be shared. I mean, you can blame it on the coach, but we can also go back and say, well, who put the coach in a situation where you didn't trust him, you brought him in as a lame duck and where you didn't think it was going to work and, you know, you, you created the only, you, the mess. was you, cre- you created the mess yourself to some degree, right? But I do think a lot of it falls down to not having the type of staff that imparts the standards and the expectations from day one to the level they need to do. The other part of it is the leadership group. I think it goes yeah. both, right? I mean, and, and I'm not even sitting here talking about, you know, the former captain because he wasn't the only guy, right? You talk about all the other veterans that have been here. Like, I think the, the collective leadership group wasn't serious enough about winning. I don't think they were. They weren't. And I think when he looked at the previous coaching staff under Bruce Boudreaux, it's not like it's not like Bruce wasn't serious about winning, but his method of having success did not fit with what this team needed. They needed somebody who was more meticulous and more serious and not show up on day one of training camp saying, oh, what's the schedule? What, what are we doing? Yeah. And whereas we see with these guys here, with Rick Tockett, with this coaching staff, they've been meticulously working on the training camp schedule and what they want to do and the messages they have and the details they want to focus on throughout the summer. And I think that leads to a more serious training camp. The players so far have had a more serious demeanor, it seems like. But in order for us to trust them, which is the big part, the big part yeah. of the question here from Ernest, you got to give us some time in the season. Like, I'm, I don't know if I trust these guys until I see 20, 25 games, yeah. you know, and not even just the first five or 10. Yeah, don't sink your season in the first 10 games, but just because you're 6-4, and four, it's not like, oh, big pat on the back. You guys well, figured I, it out. Like, it takes also, more. Like, put 10 games together, yeah. you know, that, that look pretty decent. But mm-hmm. over the long haul, are you going to be able to do it? And, and that's, that's, yeah, exactly. You know, that, that's what was intriguing about the way they played under Tocket. It was 36 games. They played way better defensively than we'd ever seen them uh, in, in the Boudreaux era. And, you know, you got to go back to, I guess, parts of the Travis Green era where they played well defensively as a group but last year I mean there's so much about last year but 
the management, you know, they made it clear Bruce wasn't necessarily their first choice. But they challenged Bruce at the end of, you know, that strong season where they came just short of missing the playoffs, of making the playoffs. They challenged Bruce at the end of the year to change some things and you know, bring in more structure to his game. And when he got here last year, it was pretty evident that those things didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And they filtered all the way down through onto the ice. And that unserious nature seemed to filter all the way down onto the ice yeah. because you know, management didn't want coach. Players knew coach wasn't the guy for management, and it just created a real bad atmosphere, it felt like. And it's really hard to overcome that as an organization. And I think that really showed the season went on. But as soon as Rick Tockett has come in as head coach, as soon as they got their guy in place, it feels like they've been putting their building blocks together and building towards something that's a lot smoother. Whether or not that's going to work, it feels like it should work more than it did last year, but I've been wrong in the past, and I wouldn't be shocked to be wrong again. Yeah. Uh, this one from Kieran. Is it a night and day difference at this camp compared to last year? Vibes feel different, but are the drills better? More pace and competition? I think the drills are more meticulous and deliberate with what they want to accomplish. Yeah. So I don't want to get too like, oh, this is like so much better. The vibes are completely different. You get it from talking to the players. You get it from talking to people in the organization. Hey, you've heard it on the interviews that we've done and the interviews that are coming up later on in the show. So they pass the vibe check. As far as the drills go, they're different, but it's not like, you know, they're out there skating, you know, uh, super fast and running through walls and, you know, hitting everything and playing with this high level of intensity. It's very deliberate in the teaching they're doing and the focal points are trying to really enforce here, right? So it has been more organized in that sense, but I wouldn't say we should sit here and like, you know, exaggerate, be like, oh man, this training gap, you should see the level of intensity and the compete, compete level out there. It's insane. The drills are next level. It's it's just a lot of teaching and a lot of essentially studying work on the ice. It's trying to do a lot of, not the same thing over and over again, but a lot of similar concepts yeah. to drill into the players as much as they possibly can. And, you know, they there's a large contingent of players that are going to be playing in Abbotsford here. We know how much they've talked about wanting to play almost a uniform style across the organization so that when a player gets called up, he has a better understanding of what their role is going to be. They started to, to do that. I mean, Jeremy Colleton, it was evident last year in the way that Abbotsford was playing that they were putting those pieces in place now you're trying to do that at the nhl level there's just more of an understanding of what your job is on the ice and every player seems to have a better understanding of what that is and what is being asked of them and how they can go about executing that so a lot of this feels cleaner than it has in recent years it's more about you know get to the games to show me that it's actually working Next one from Hockey Vancouver. What does Arshdeep Baines, who we're going to hear from later in the show, need to do in the preseason to be on the opening night roster? Keep up with the pace, I'd say. Yeah. Like, do all the things that he's shown so far, which is aggressive on the forecheck, smart player, has a little bit of skill, but understands how to play a team game, but keep up with the pace. And if he can do those things, bring a little bit of an edge and go ahead and create a little bit, 
I don't know if he has a great chance of making the team, but I do think he puts himself in a position where he's very high up the queue. So if something does happen, he's up here pretty hurt in a in a pretty big hurry. I think it's the pace really that he can play with and handle. Maybe how he handles the pace might be the better way of describing it. Playing with uh, Suter and Garland right now. Suter and Garland are the duo, and he is third man on the line. It's like Arshdeep, similarly to. Phil DiGiuseppe seems like a coach's dream where they're they're doing everything that's being asked of them. They're always going to work hard. Yeah. They're never going to question their effort or their want on the ice. And that's, you know, the things that coaches, and we've heard this coaching staff specifically love those types of things. He does all of that. I just, I think he's still a little bit off the opening night roster. There's going to be a lot that needs to fall his way. Because, you know, he can go back down to Abbotsford. He can pass, like, he doesn't have to pass through waivers. There's nothing like that. So um, it just feels like this could be another year where Arshdeep, whereas last year was like, hey, you're playing the whole year in the AHL. This year is, you're starting here, but, you know, when there's an opportunity, you could be the very first call up from the Abbotsford Canucks. Next one from Austin in Langley. What is a hot roster slash Canucks overall take that you have for the 23-24 season? Ooh, hot roster take? Like a hot take on the Canucks? Yeah, like a hot take probably about like who could make the roster, who won't make the roster. Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, do you have one off the top of your head? PDG scoring 20 goals. Is that <laughs> the one for him? Uh, is Phil DiGiuseppe going <laughs> to score 25 goals this season? After that yes interview no. with you. He's going to be hyped up. It's very possible. It's very, very possible. So I guess uh, a hot roster take would be that I guess it would have to be on defense for me because I'm not necessarily sure things are going to play out the way that we expect them to. I'll say... My hot roster take is Noah Juleson starts the year next to Quinn Hughes. Ooh-wee. All right. That's good. It's a hot take. I like it. I know Carson Soucy was paid to play a pretty big role for this team. I don't think Tyler Myers is like his complete role is just like diminished, even if he starts as a third pair defenseman. I mean, he's been listed as the third pair defenseman for a bunch of times over the last number of years. It, he just always ends up playing 20, 22 minutes a night. So... Susie playing with Myers, Cole with Horonic, Juleson with Quinn Hughes. I'd say Juleson with Quinn Hughes to start the season would be my hot roster take. Um, I don't know if I'm, you know, I don't know if I am guaranteeing you that it's going to be something we didn't expect when camp started. So my hot roster take is going to be that Jack Studnika somehow makes the team. The forgotten man. The forgotten man. And the reason why... There's always the number 23 on the roster. Yeah, so. and, and the reason... Yeah, exactly. And, and I think the reason, too, partly is I think they're more invested in him as a player than maybe the fans feel like they are. Yeah. You know, and I, I just kind of feel... I have this funny feeling that he f somehow finds his way onto the roster. He's been centering a line uh, with... Sheldon Dries, and I think they had Vilmer Ulrichsen with yeah. them today. So uh, it was a, a little different today from yesterday, but, you know, right shot has played center. They haven't liked him at center when he has played well. The coaches that have had him yeah. haven't liked him playing center here. 
there's still like depending on how things shake out um and i after today i'm very i very much so don't think facility pot colson is going to get sent down at the start of the season yeah so that takes away one other roster spot in the forward group we know mckayev probably not going to be ready for the start of the season but if you have hoaglander on the top line if you have Vasily Podkols in there on the second line. You know, spots are really starting to dry up, but the 12th, 13th forward role still kind of up for grabs, and it wouldn't be too shocking to see Jack Studnika, maybe not in the opening night lineup, yeah, but does break camp as a member of the Vancouver Canucks. Ben, are you concerned with the toughness of the team? Yes. No. Whoa. Oh. Whoa, that was fun. That was fun. Yes, I am. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think they have enough guys that are tough. I think they have enough guys, you know, that, that can play. I don't know if they have enough to be able to impose their will on teams at times. Right. And I don't know if they have enough skill to overwhelm teams with their skill. And that doesn't mean they can't be successful. I think they can. But what has to really be the the folk, what really has to be the backbone of the team then is how you play as a five-man team unit. Yeah. And part of the reason why there's such an emphasis on this, yes, I mean, every team that's good, even ones that are tough or fast, they all play with good structure and it matters, but is there a greater emphasis on all five players on the ice being complete together? Because they are lacking in, in many ways, in some ways, right? And I do I do think they don't have enough grit up front. I think on the back end, it's probably better than people think. You have Cole, who's who's a behemoth, if you see him up, up, up oh close and personal. Uh, Susie's a big Training man. Training camp takeaways, Ian Cole is... Huge. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. So <laughs> like yeah, not height wise, but he's huge. He's still like six one, six yeah, two, and he's, he's just thick. like he's yeah, and, and like a good thick, as in like yeah. you know he's jacked, not like you know he's he's this big boy, country boy. Like he's yeah. he's a he's jacked, right? So he's big. Uh, we know that you know how big Tyler Myers is. Obviously, Carson Susie has an edge to his game. Philip Peronik plays yeah. hard as well. So I think on the back end, they actually have pretty good you know uh, grit and everything. Well, this is just it for me. Like, I don't know. I criticized the Ryan Reeves contract as much as anybody else did. You know, when Jim Rutherford in Pittsburgh traded um, a first-round pick for Ryan Reeves, everybody was like, what the heck is this? And he, you know, he thought it was a great idea at the time, and then he bailed out of it almost immediately because he was like, oh, this isn't going to work here. It's more about how you play as a team. It's so much more about how you play as a team rather than finding somebody that fits the tough, the sandpaper sort of feel. And they have to play tougher as a team, but I don't think there's a player that you can bring in that changes that mindset for the team. Not I think like it has to come, probably comes from their coach. You know what? Guess what? Their coach was tough as nails as a player. Adam Foote, tough as nails as a player. And I hope they impart some of that toughness onto the way that this group plays as a team. Yeah, I mean, it can. But at the same time, like, how many guys do they have that can push through things? You know, up front especially. You have Miller that you feel good about, right? I mean, Right? And, I mean, when Mikheyev is on his game and he's healthy with his speed and his size, he can. But there aren't many guys that can, like, really impose themselves physically on this team. And you're going to have to see it more from Joshua. Yeah, he can do it a little bit. Like, I think he's he's good. But I do think, like, the, the overall team team toughness thing, I think certainly is something that... I'm not saying it's a huge problem, but I'm not sure I see it yet. We'll leave it at that on team toughness. All right. Next one comes from uh, the text line, unsigned. What do you think Spencer Martin's trade value is? 
This is a fun question, actually. Uh, so, Elliot Friedman mentioned today on 32 Thoughts that um, Spencer Martin could be uh, an option for the Colorado Avalanche, who have an injury to Pavel Francouz and maybe in the market for a goaltender. It was being speculated that they might be in the market for Casey DeSmith from Montreal. Obviously, Casey DeSmith nope. is now here in Vancouver. Well, I mean, if they call and make it worthwhile enough. Sure, Casey DeSmith could be moved on to Colorado. <laughs> and as we've seen, uh, well, as Kevin Woodley told us the other day, um, Casey DeSmith's fit with Ian Clark is like oil and water. So... We'll have to see how that continues to play out. Yeah, and, and we'll see, right? Uh, I would say that the high end of the value, like if you're being super optimistic and, like, and you know, somebody really wants them, is like a fifth-round pick. And I'd say more realistically, it's probably a sixth or a seventh. And I think, honestly, it's probably future considerations. I mean, it could like even that. be that. But the, I'd say if Colorado really wants a goalie because of where their waiver priority is, they may have to part with something at some point to get one unless they're okay with just picking wraps off the waiver wire. So I think there's a chance for a late round draft pick. I'm just saying the absolute ceiling is like a fifth, which I don't even think happens. Yeah. It's a late round pick, if anything. For me, it's it's uh, a future considerations type deal. And uh, would Spencer Martin be that guy? Uh, the Canucks have a glut of goaltenders now. After adding Casey to Smith, you have um, Arthur's Shilovs, you have Spencer Martin, you have Nikita Tolopilo. Jonathan Lemieux, Zach Sawchenko. The, there's a pretty long list there, so a trade could be uh, coming to relieve some of that uh, glut on the depth chart. JD, who will be the most improved player for the Canucks this season? Vasily Colson. Maybe that's uh, what I hope to see. Sort of thought because... I think Pod Colson can bring so much to this roster. We heard from Rick Tockett earlier, him playing more reckless, playing with more freedom. And I don't like I don't necessarily think, you know, Pod Colson is gonna all of a sudden score twenty five goals, but that wouldn't even constitute like that would be a huge improvement from where he was last year. It's more like can you fit in a big role and stick to it? You know, and stick in that role because that's something that this team could desperately need, desperately use as they continue to grow. So I'm deciding between two players. I'll give you both. Okay. My, the most fun one to me is Tyler Myers. You know, plays a more sheltered role, different team, different structure, you know, maybe not, not as many minutes and be like, oh, he looks like he can skate and play. Like, it doesn't look as bad, right? The other one, um, the other one to me, you have a second player would be Brock Besser. Yeah, you know, just because like, and it's not even that he has to improve. Like, I think if he plays with a bit more get up and at least battles a bit more, we're not going to have discussions about like, what is the guy even doing out there? Yeah, you know, and if if he does that, I think that'll be pretty big improvement from where he was last year. Two really good choices, two higher up the lineup choices, uh, established players. Whereas Pod Colson, not necessarily that. And I wasn't going to say Pod Colson after you said Pod Colson. That's true. But like, and I don't have the same level of belief of like, in Hoaglander. When these when these questions get asked, you generally tend to um, you tend to lean towards a young player because hey, you, who can improve? Well, young players tend to improve the most. 
spot. Just a Jack Studnika. He's going to make the team. Veterans can definitely improve, and the Tyler Myers shout is probably a good one. With a deeper decor and Tyler Myers being able to play a lesser role for this team, one that he's more suited to play, um, it wouldn't shock me to see, not that people start to love Tyler Myers, but maybe you wouldn't see as much uh, hate towards Tyler Myers as a player. One with this one, Justin and East Van. What's a word you mispronounced incorrectly one time that still haunts you to this day? Oh, that's a good one. I mean, I've had slip-ups on the air where uh, it sounds like you might say something untoward, I guess. Sometimes people like, I've done it, you pause at the wrong time, and yeah. then it clicks in your head that you paused at the wrong time, and then you like start to panic a little bit. Yep. And you got to like restart the word and say it quicker. Ooh, I, you know what? I, I'd say, I don't know. I think my, I don't, I don't know. It's not, it's not mispronouncing, but one time, you know, Kevin Clark, the football analyst. Yes. We had him on the show and I blanked on his name. Oh, and I was like, oh, we're now joined by. Ooh. And like, I blanked. This is like the first, like the first year into it. And I don't think Kevin Clark did a hit with us afterwards. That yeah. one still haunts me. It's, it's not a mispronunciation, but I blanked. I don't know why. Like, I, I just blanked on his name, and yeah. I couldn't figure it out. And I had it there, and by the time I went to get it, I, fi I finally figured it out. But it took, like, I was, like, mumbling and fumbling for a good, like, 20, 30 seconds, and he was not impressed. I, uh, I did that with Steven Ruiz. I, I don't remember what was the name that I called him, but it was not Steven Ruiz. It was something Ruiz. <laughs> he was also not very happy. Did also he tweet about that afterwards or something? No, he didn't. Did he? No. I thought it was somebody who said something afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty bad. <laughs> it and happens. Mistakes happen. Mistakes definitely do happen. I don't bat a thousand. I bat nine ninety nine. <laughs> it's uh, Dan Richo, Satyar Shaw. Coming up, we start to get into our exclusive interviews here on the program. You'll hear from Sergey Gonchar and Matt Irwin. Sergey Gonchar is a can't miss. An absolute can't-miss interview coming up with the Canucks associate coach. It is Dan Richo, Satyar Shah. You are listening to Canucks Central. The most opinionated Canucks show out there. Canucks Talk with Jamie Dodd and Thomas Drans. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.